Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. You're Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Alrighty, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Trey Matthews. It's Wednesday, everybody. You are halfway done with the week. And also, happy last day of September. Tomorrow will be October 1st. So, yeah, you all should be very excited for that. Turning a new leaf, turning to a new month. And also, this dreaded year of 2020 is almost over. Thank the heavens. And also, happy NBA Finals because they are about to wrap up their season. Uh, Game one against the Miami Heat and the Los Angeles Lakers is tonight. And speaking of championships, I want to give another congratulations to the Tampa Bay Lightning because I am so happy that they beat the Dallas Stars because Dallas... I I would have been pissed off if they would have won the Stanley Cup due to their history with Lindy Ruff. And, you know, Lindy Ruff, uh, I'm not a fan of him, as some of you might have already been aware of that. And also, it's just that um, if if they they got rid of him and now they're going to be champions, I'd just be, uh, man, you would be hearing me rant and rant and rant. But you don't have to because they lost. So if you ain't first, you're last, baby. So welcome to the Losers Club. Welcome to our club. Welcome to our club. Welcome, stars. Welcome, stars. Welcome, stars. Welcome, stars. That's a SpongeBob reference if you guys uh, didn't know. But anyway, uh, what's on the agenda for today? Well, we are going to wrap up our crossover episode with Locked On Winnipeg Jets with Harrison. We are going to, he's going to ask me, in fact, the final question from yesterday's crossover. So if you guys haven't checked that out, please give that a listen. The final question is today. In today's episode, that's right, I've kept you waiting long enough. I know it's been a long 24 hours, but you are going to hear my final question and my final answer. And I think a lot of New Jersey Devils fans can vouch for me. So before we do that, I want to finish off something that's a little more personal. And that is my USCHO article. So if you guys haven't checked out Thursday and Friday's episode, we basically did a two-parter, and I had no intention of this being a trilogy episode because I didn't think it would be that long. I knew the article was lengthy. I didn't know it was that long, so I apologize for that. So I I know you guys are probably getting tired of me just talking about myself, but I just wanted you guys to know more about my background, more about my story. So we'll finish up the last half of that article. I don't think I'll touch on everything, but I think I'll touch on the main parts because it was kind of wrapping up. So we'll finish that up in a second. But first, I have to inform you guys something. It involves chain stores chain stores have a different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. Do you want to know the best part? RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto part consumers online for 20 plus years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even
even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices you prefer. Best of all, <laughs> I know, I, I already said best of all, but this is even better. Prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and at the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com so let's get back to the story. So if, if you guys need some background information, they basically interviewed my boss. They interviewed me. They interviewed my coach because I play college baseball about my different perspectives on hockey, things of that nature. So let's get into the last part of this and let's talk about what happened on my first broadcast. I think many of you know. So um, his broadcasting partner bowed out of the role and thrust Matthews into the featured play-by-play role. In his first ever broadcast, Matthews called a game he didn't know with players he couldn't recognize with rules he didn't understand and with a lightning-fast split-second speed and flow. So anyone who knows me, they know that broadcasting is not easy. It is extremely difficult. So if you are watching Doc Emmerich do play-by-play and you're saying to yourself, oh, this looks easy, I could do it. Well, keep in mind, Doc Emmerich is making it look easy. It's extremely difficult. Like, not everyone could do what he does. So, you know, that that's a part of it. So, yeah, just imagine you're just calling a game with players you don't know and, you know, just you don't know what to say because you're just nervous, things of that nature. So it, it, it was really, it was really difficult. I didn't know the tactics or tricks. So here's what they said about my boss. They said, the first time he called the game, they're quoting my boss, sports information director, Patrick Stewart called me and complained. Shry recalled, Trey was so green that he didn't know what he was doing. I've never heard that phrase before. I was so green. I guess I was so sick. Yeah. I, I was having a blast. I just didn't know what I was doing. That, uh, short and simple so we sat down and went over terminology it took about three games to figure it out we also watched the hbo sports special with mike emmerich calling the echl and bowling green and how he eventually made it to nbc sports very good uh show by the way that was excellent and also i learned some stuff about doc emmerich he's the uh reason why i try to create my own terminology for hockey so you know the guys there's north side of the rink and there's south side of the rink so i made up a terminology saying take it from pole to pole so you're taking it from the north pole to the south pole uh the coach didn't like it but you know my boss and you know other people they seem to like it or i said playable trapezoid because you know the trapezoid behind the goalie uh that's only in the nhl that's not in college what i learned so you know uh the broadcast was an absolute disaster so if any of you uh read my usa today article that's verbatim my words absolute disaster it was so bad that we received complaints and i was told not to go on air until i had a conversation about what i did wrong I just knew that I liked the game. It was so much fun and energetic. It's unpredictable. And so much can happen in one game. That first game made me determined to do hockey because it was so much fun. Regardless of what happened, I loved the sport of hockey when I was calling it. Just It, it was so incredible just to do what I was doing and also... And just be given a second chance to do what I'm able to do. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. So, uh... This country is the land of second chances, so everyone deserves a second chance to an extent, So, and I'm glad I got one. So let's continue with the story, shall we? Matthews met with Shry to cover specifics and realized quickly he needed to learn this new game. So what did he do? 
he did what any college male would do in that situation. He played video games. I like how he rewarded that. That 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 was pretty clever. That was pretty funny. I got a kick out of that. He bought EA Sports NHL franchise video game and played it until he could recite the rules and recognize the game plan. So here's what my coach said. You realize he really puts everything he has into whatever he's doing, Greenwood said. No matter what you tell him, he's going to put everything into it. That's led to his success because he dove in, researched, and watched hockey. Uh, my coach should know I'm a very emotional player. So, you know, when I'm on, I'm on. If I'm off, I'm off. And if I'm off, boy, you might want to get out of my way. Otherwise, someone's getting hurt with a bat. So, you know, uh, obviously I'm exaggerating. I'm not that crazy. But, you know, my, my coach knows how emotional of a player I am and, you know, how much work I put in. So I'm glad that he was able to acknowledge that. So, you know, I gradually improved, eventually shattered Matthews' own expectations. He built trust with Shry to begin calling games more and more frequently. We, he started as a freshman. That's incorrect. I started as a sophomore. Experiment became a passion, and by last season, his sophomore year, he was named the official play-by-play broadcaster for Bulldogs Division One Women's Club. So, uh, like I said, the freshman part was a mistake. I began this sophomore year, so uh, the disaster broadcast, the building the trust, it was not a year process. It was actually a few-month process, so uh, that was incorrect, but, you know, that that's a little mistake. So, it basically states how I met uh, Everett Fitzhugh. Uh, it, so they quote, they asked me, like, did I know I was one of the few uh, black hockey announcers in all of America? And here's what I said. I said, it crossed my mind after the season ended that I was an African-American in a predominantly white sport. I knew there was a shortage of play-by-play announcers of color. There are a lot of analysts like me, that is true, but there aren't a whole lot of play-by-play announcers. It made me ask if there were any black hockey announcers I found ever fits you. So, you know, I told, I said that my dad suggested that I reach out and just find a way. You guys already know that story. I've touched on that a lot. And, you know, I've had Everett Fitzhugh on my show. So, you know, if you want to check that out, um, you know, go back to the past episodes. Uh, I, th- I believe it was a few weeks ago I had him on my show. So, yeah, they basically took a quote from uh, Everett Fitzhugh's interview with USA Today, another article I was featured in. And uh, here's a quote that my grandmother, who lives in New Jersey, by the way, Trenton to be exact, uh, she used this for her class uh, after she read this article because I guess it was very deep and uh, a little deeper than I anticipated. But you know what? I just want to inspire people. I-, I said, anyone who wants to look up to me the same way I looked up to Everett, if we can do it, they can do it. I don't want anyone to feel like they have to be in a box of stereotypes. So, you know, people thought, why aren't you doing basketball? Why aren't you doing football? Why are you doing hockey as a play-by-play announcer? I said, because I enjoy hockey. I would much rather, I, I mean this wholeheartedly, I've called both. I would much rather call a hockey game over a basketball game any day of the week, any time, any year. I would rather call hockey now versus basketball. And I mean that wholeheartedly. Nobody can say someone should do something or like certain things. Like whatever you want and do whatever you want. Break down those walls. Don't let someone trap you in a box saying you can only do certain things. If you take a risk and you enjoy it, go for it. So another example I want to use is the genre of country music. So that's not a too popular genre amongst the African American community. But interesting fact, where do you think uh, the genre of blues was inspired from? It was inspired from country, which is also rooted in black culture. So, you know, why can't black people like uh, country music? Because, you know, technically we kind of started it. 
uh, like a, a lot of other music genres, but why is it just uh, predominantly um, white people who can only listen to country? So I always use this example. It's okay for my white friend to like country music and rap music, but I can only like rap music and not country without being ridiculed or without being made fun of. Why is that? How is that fair? So that's the thing I say, like, you know, like whatever you want to like, do whatever you want to do within reason. And also, you know, just break down those walls. Don't let anyone trap you. And that's the main takeaway I want people to have of this article. And uh, the article finished up with our mentorship between me and Evan Fitzhugh. He said the relationship between the two is a sign that hockey is finally starting to crack an uncomfortable glass ceiling. Which was never my intention because I care more about broadcasting than trying to make a political statement. In fact, I, I care little to nothing about trying to make a political statement. Because, I'm like I said, I'm doing broadcasting because I like broadcasting. I like broadcasting hockey. I'm not doing this to make a political statement. But, you know, if, if I can inspire uh, more people of color to like the sport of hockey, so be it. I will do that. Matthews is achieving heights at Adrian College because he worked at broadcasting as making himself a worthy on-air talent. I got to live up to those expectations. Otherwise, I'm just seen as a marketing tool. So I worked my butt off night in and night out just to try to become a better announcer. He understands the competitive nature of the position. So true. So true. Um, you know, we, um, my boss basically said, like, if you're not making, um, let's say, 30000 when you're, like, age 30 or 40000 when you're age 40, basically, if you're not making uh, the salary of your age in the broadcasting world, it's time to walk away from that. So, yes, it is very competitive. Um, and, you know, it's very selective in the industry, as they stated. He is appreciative of the moment and his mentorship from Fitzhugh and of his position as a potential groundbreaker in the game of hockey. So, you know, you got to do whatever you can to get your name out there. And I just figured since me and Everfit2 have a lot in common, I decided to reach out to him and, you know, it just kind of snowballed effect. And, you know, that's uh, basically the main takeaway I want people to have, which is, you know, if, if I can make it, um, so can other people. So, you know, um, in that uh, Eminem song, uh, Monster, that features Rihanna, I'm not sure the true meaning of this um, of this lyric, but, you know, the, this is basically what I, what I think of it. I ain't here to save the effing children, but if one kid out of 100 million who are going through a struggle feels it and relates, that's great. So, you know, that's basically my mentality. Of course, maybe I'm misreading the quote or whatever he's trying to say. Basically, my interpretation of it is like Eminem is not here to, it's not his intention to be a role model, but he, he says if one kid can relate to it and, you know, relate to him and his story, then that's great. And you just learn from it. That's also great. So uh, if I can inspire more people of color to join the sport of hockey or be more comfortable of just liking other things and just breaking that stereotype, that's great. So I love that article by Dan Rubin, and I will try to get him onto the show. And we still have some other stuff to do. So let's bring back Harrison uh, for part three. Well, well, segment three, technically, of our crossover episode. Like I said, this episode is kind of weird because... For the first half of it, it was just me talking. And now for the second half, I'm doing a crossover episode. So uh, I hope you guys enjoyed my trilogy episode series of the USCHO article. Like I said, it was very lengthy. I didn't cover every single thing, but I think I covered the important parts. So uh, hopefully you guys are inspired by it and just, you know, learn from it and just 
teach it to your kids someday. So, and I hope I inspired a lot of people and I hope a lot of people just try to follow in my footsteps, similar to how I'm following in Ever Fitzhugh's footsteps. So just pay it forward. So uh, let's bring back Harrison. But first, uh, you guys need to hear something important. Welcome back to the special edition of Locked On Winnipeg Jets meets Locked On New Jersey Devils. We are closing tonight's show with Trey Matthews discussing Hall of Fame candidates from the New Jersey Devils. And we've covered some players who are most likely eligible in some capacity, as well as some guys who maybe should get a mention, but probably won't. And now I'm about to ask Trey one of the most complicated questions. Trey, if you could pick one New Jersey Devil player, past or present, that would have a guaranteed Hall of Fame nomination and induction, who would you choose and why? Well, uh, I've covered this on my show many, many, many times, and that is Patrick Eliash, probably the greatest New Jersey Devil to ever skate on the rink other than Brodeur and Stevens. Just uh, Patrick Eliash just does not get enough love, and part of that is just because he was in the wrong system. So, like I said, New Jersey was known for our defense. So we have five retired numbers. Subtract Eliash, we have four four out of the five numbers retired in the Prudential Center play defense. So Marty Brodeur, our goalie, Niedermeyer, Stevens, Danico, all the defense guys. And we only have one offensive player, one forward, one center, winger, whatever the case might be. Only one uh, retired number, and that's Patrick Eliash. What, what more can I say about Patrick Eliash? He's the all-time franchise leader in goals for the New Jersey Devils. Uh, he's up there. In, he's up there in assists as well. All all time franchise leader, and also, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, points as well. So he's uh, he's up there in goals, assists, and points. He's he's our all time franchise leader in that, and also he's played his entire career with the uh, the New Jersey Devils. Now, in in terms of games played. Another reason why I think Danico should be in the Hall of Fame because he's the all-time leader in games played for the New Jersey Devils. But um, digressing a little bit, Patrick Eliash is third. So above him, as I mentioned, is Danico and Brodeur. Oh, and below him is Travis Zajac. Another, uh, you know, we talked about that in segment one. So, uh, yeah, I, I feel like it's Patrick Eliash. And I, I just feel as though um, Hosa could get into the Hall of Fame. First ballot Hall of Famer. I feel like Patrick Elias should too, because I feel like they're on the same boat in terms of stats, in terms of what they brought to their respective team. I think what uh, just helps someone like Marion Hosa out just a little bit more is just that the, the narrative. It was the narrative because um, before Marion Hosa joined the, the Blackhawks, the, the Blackhawks hadn't won a Stanley Cup in, in decades. And they were like what the Toronto Maple Leafs are now just relying solely on their history. And then uh, Hosa goes to the Blackhawks and they win three Stanley Cups in, in like six years span, which is very incredible. But I think for Eliash, it's just the narrative just doesn't work out for him. So uh, he, he won two Stanley Cups. Um, but uh, it, as everyone knows, is that the New Jersey Devils have three total franchise Stanley Cup wins. And uh they won one Stanley Cup series without him. So he, he was a part of two of our three Stanley Cup uh, wins. So, you know, there's the narrative right there. And also just the wrong system because the New Jersey Devils were known for our defense. And I feel like Elias will get into the Hall of Fame at some point. 
but I just feel like he deserves more love. And I would just love to have that uh, uh, amazing superpower ability just to say, Elias, you're going to the Hall of Fame, first ballot Hall of Famer, unanimous, no discussion. Uh, get ready to walk the podium and I'll see you on NHL TV when, when they're doing the induction ceremony. So I feel as though Patrick Elias deserves uh, more recognition. I feel like he deserves more love. And I just feel as though he should be uh, a first ballot Hall of Famer. He shouldn't have to be waiting a few years to get his opportunity. Because he's the all-time devil's leader in goals, assists, points. He's uh, the only uh, four to have his uh, jersey number retired at the Prudential Center. Because, like I said, the rest of the Hall of Famers for the New Jersey Devils, in a, state, in a, in a sense, are defenders, if you count Marty Brodeur, because Brodeur was a goalie. But um, yeah, that's what that's what that's my opinion. I feel like Patrick Elias should should just get that guaranteed because even though I do believe he'll get to the Hall of Fame, I, I just would rather him go guaranteed than just be living on a prayer. Yeah, he definitely has a, a fascinating career track record, and probably among the Devils forwards and skaters, you know, not only is he the team leader, but when you look at the rest of the league and what he was doing in some of those seasons, like in, in 2000, I mean, he had a 96 point season, which is pretty absurd for a, a young, a young 24 year old kid. I guess you can call him a kid at the time, but I know that he was one of certainly one of the most longest tenured players. I think he's played what uh, it looks like 20 seasons altogether. Um, crazy that he actually one, was. One yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's crazy that he's been around this long and he was even still pretty good through the later part of his career. Um, you know, obviously not, not quite as offensively prolific as he used to be, but at age 37, he posted 53 points in 65 games. I would kill for a 37 year old forward who could have that kind of offensive performance, especially in the modern era, uh, of where the league is moving. Right. And, uh, 2003 and 2004, he was in consideration for the lady Bing award, the Hart Memorial trophy and the Frank J. Selke award. He finished it, uh, I think I believe 15 all around, 15th all around for all three of those awards. So I feel as though, you know, there there it is right there. That I know he didn't win. I know he wasn't in the top 10 or top five, whatever the case might be. I get that, but just look at the at the consideration he got. And I know I know there's like so many players who are nominated for these awards, and there can only be one winner. But you know, he was being nominated for all three of those awards, Lady Bing for his sportsmanship, Hart Memorial for um, Hart Memorial for his overall play, and Frank J. Selke for being able to play two ways. I feel like he deserves a little more recognition and a little more love. But, you know, it's one of the, one of the issues of being a small market team because, you know, New Jersey is New Jersey. We're not New York. We're not, um, we're not Philadelphia. We're not California. We're, we're not camp, any team in Canada. We're not Florida, we can't rely on our environment. We can't rely on our history. We can't really rely on, you know, our financial state to, um, get, to, you know, get us recognition. We're, we're a very small state, very, uh, work is a very small city, but, you know, very tough, gritty determination. I, I just really feel as though some of these Devils players need more love and recognition, but unfortunately just due to them being in New Jersey, being a part of the New Jersey Devils, you know, it kind of hurts you. It's just one of the issues of being a small market team. It doesn't just apply to hockey. It applies to the MLB. It applies to uh, basketball, football, whatever the case might be. You just see these uh, 
you see these uh, not so much loved teams not get any recognition. So that's my number one issue. I feel so. Well, Trey, that is going to do it for this evening's episode. We thank you so much for joining. Before we hop off of our Hall of Fame discussion, did you have any social media and locked on news that you wanted to uh, essentially promote here? Okay, so uh, I'm not sure when these episodes are going to go up, but uh, be prepared to listen uh, for the live draft that uh, me and a bunch of other hosts are are getting to be a part of. Are you going to be a part of it, Harrison? Yeah, Winnipeg is in tenth overall, so I, I made the cut. Good. So keep keep an ear out for that. That's going to be exciting. I'm not sure if it's going to be before or after, but uh, you guys are going to love it. And if you've already uh, enjoyed it, please give us a good review. So uh, my Instagram is Trey Emery Matthews. Uh, my Twitter is Trey Matt Four. So T R E Y M A T T and the number four. Snapchat is the same thing. Whether I had you, that is totally up to me. And yeah, that's about it. Just keep an ear out for future episodes. Thank you so much for joining us. We loved having you on, and we will catch you all later. And I just want to end on my outro, so I hope you guys enjoyed the Trilogy Part 3 finale of my USCHO article, and I hope you enjoyed this Part 2 crossover between me and Harrison of Locked On Jets. Like I said, Patrick Eliash needs to be in the Hall of Fame sooner rather than later. The guy deserves it. And if you don't believe me, just rewind part two of this episode. So that's about it today, guys. So continue to stay safe and have a wonderful day, New Jersey. I will catch you in the next episode. Have a nice day.